Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Good morning. My name is Larry Sewell. We're giving Fritz the day off today, kind of. We just made him do other stuff, but not teaching. Yeah. So uh, we are beginning a brand new series called Supernatural. I assure you, Clark Kent is not coming today, so it's okay. Um, it is a study of the Spirit within, the Holy Spirit within. The Bible has all kinds of things to say about the Holy Spirit, and lots of people believe lots of things. And we're going to dive into that topic biblically for the next eight weeks. Um, I'd like to spend a little bit of time just kind of unpacking what the series will be about before we jump into the first, uh, kind of the first sermon from that series. And I'd like to begin by asking a personal question. Now, you're not going to answer it out loud, but I want you to think about what the answer to the question is. Okay. Have you ever had a time in your life where you were, you were reading the Scripture and it, felled, or it felt like God was speaking directly to you? There's kind of this, like, this moment of great clarity where you're, you're reading the Scripture and it seems like, like it's a one-on-one conversation. God is speaking directly to you, right to your heart. You know exactly what he's saying. Just that, and I see some heads of people shaking their heads like, yeah, I've had that, uh, that experience. Well, this is the reality. Um, according to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 19, um, it says this, Do you not realize... Paul is speaking to the Corinthian believers that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who has been given to you by God, and you do not belong to yourself. The temple of the Holy Spirit, you, yourself. Anybody who's a believer, their body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's very natural for us to sense that God's presence is with us. You know, in the Old Testament, the uh, temple was the place of the presence of God. And the presence of God is within us as believers. Another one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth. He's the one that opens our hearts and he opens our minds to understand God, to understand what's true in this life. And so as we begin today, could we just pray to to God and ask the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, to open our hearts and minds to his word? Could we do that? Let's pray together. God, we just want to still our hearts for just a moment. And we have just one prayer today. We pray that your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, your teacher, would open our hearts, you would open our minds, that we would see you in these verses of Scripture that we cover today. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Supernatural is an eight-week study on what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Now, this... Uh, the idea for this sermon was discussed about uh, in August, about what, eight or nine months ago, when we were talking about all the sermons that we would teach for the next year. We do that and kind of look all the way ahead and say, what is it that we want to bring to the Lighthouse family uh, that will help them with their spiritual growth? And then a few months ago, a smaller team of people from Lighthouse actually got together and started to brainstorm what the scriptures say about the Holy Spirit to pull together what we call the sermon graph. It's just the outline of what the sermons will be. And then the teaching team in the last three weeks has been kind of diving into this topic to study what the scriptures say about the Holy Spirit. As a church, Lighthouse can be really thankful that Pastor Fritz, he cares deeply about each of you, And he cares deeply that you're able to dive into the scriptures and hear the voice of God in the pages of scripture. 
For me, though, uh, this sermon series actually started back in 2009. 2009, that was a time in my life where I kind of put a stake in the ground. Have you ever done that? Where you, you put a stake in the ground, and you can always look back there and remember a time when God did something very specific and very real in your spiritual walk. In 2009 is the time I put that stake in the ground. I look back there often about things that God did in my life at that time. It was a time when I decided I was going to read the Bible cover to cover with great intention. Okay? I was going to try to put all the filters away, all the normal filters in life, and I was just going to read a new translation of the Scripture and try to, to, to figure out what it meant to walk with God. Now, it's very common um, for people to uh, have all kinds of filters in their life as they look at Scripture, and I was trying to push back on all those. Now, at that time, or, or since I was 12 years old, I've been a believer, and I've had uh, the presence of the Spirit in my life that I was aware of since then, 12 years old. Um, I was the guy that was going to church. I went to a Christian college, and at the time this happened, 2012, or 2009, I was actually the chairman of the elders over at, at Heatherwood, a leadership position within a church. But this, this question was banging around in my brain, and I couldn't lose it. I couldn't make it go away. And that is, how can, I, how can I really see God in the Scriptures? If everything that this book says is true, and all the experiences of the people that are recorded here is true, how do I walk with God like I am seeing in this book? And that question, I couldn't shake that question. And so I dove into the Scriptures that year. The reality was I was kind of in a desperate place, maybe, kind of a desperate place of faith. I wasn't looking for a good feeling. I wasn't looking for a better version of me. Um, I was not looking for a God wink, whatever that is. <laughs> um, but instead, I wanted to see the God of the Bible in clarity. I wanted to know what was really true. I wanted God to be leading my life. You know, it's very common for most people to read uh, books like the Bible, with a predetermined reference point. Now, let me tell you what I mean. If you grew up in a Baptist um, home, you went to a Baptist church, you will read the Bible from a certain perspective based on that experience. If you grew up in a Pentecostal church, you would read the Bible differently than a person from a Baptist church. And if you uh, grew up in a church, or maybe you grew up with no church at all, you grew up in a home where people were skeptics, or maybe they were you know, philosophical about Christianity, but they weren't believers. No matter where you grew up, you'd have a different reference point that you bring with you as you read the Scriptures. Okay? What I was trying to do in a very real way was to push back against all those reference points. Okay? Trying to, to read the Bible the best I could in an unfiltered way, just to hear the voice of God. Okay? Um, we all tend to have those kinds of kind of outlines, theologies in our mind, okay? And it's important, I think, for us to recognize that and to push back against that so that we can actually see what the Scriptures say. It's pretty easy to press God into the mold that we have in our minds instead of letting God speak through the Word of God. So my plan in 2009 was simply this, just to read the Bible from cover to cover and hear the voice of God, to read the Bible, as it were, with fresh eyes. Now, for clarity, I didn't hear any audible voices. I didn't have any weird experiences. Nothing like that happened to me. But I began to hear 
the voice of God as I was reading the scriptures. It drove me to worship as I recognized the character of God, as I saw the acts of God in the scriptures. Um, it led me to a prayer, a different kind of prayer than I had ever done, a communication with God where I thought I was talking to God now for maybe, maybe uh, the first time in a very long time. Um, it led me to answers to power over sin habits that I had had in my life that had been there for a very long time, to push those things aside and actually walk in freedom from that stuff. It led me, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, to mission. Um, I went on, have been on many, many missions trips to different places like Cuba and Colombia and Haiti, and I've seen lots and lots of people cross the line of faith where they confess their sins and turn to God. We've seen that here in Alliance. We've seen it in Finley where, where people are moving from spiritual darkness to spiritual light. I've seen that, that miracle of faith happen to so many people. You know, spiritual light begets more spiritual light. And as you dive into that thing and you start understanding who God is and you start reading the scriptures, things change. You start this, this transformation process happens and you start being something, something different than you were before. And I started hearing and seeing the voice of God through the pages of scripture. Now, I'd like to um, look at John chapter 16, verse 7 for just a minute. It says this, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. This is the last week of Jesus' life before he's arrested. That'll lead to the crucifixion and the resurrection, all those events. We're right at the end of Jesus' life. And he's talking to his disciples, the 12, and he says this, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I do go away, I will send him to you. A couple of verses later in verse 13, uh, he explains who he means by this helper. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Can you imagine being one of the disciples at that moment, hearing Jesus say that he was going to leave? You've been traveling with Jesus now for three and a half years. You'd heard everything that he taught. You were there the day he fed the multitude, the 5,000 people with five fish and a, and a handful, or five loaves and a handful of fish. You were there. You saw that miracle. You felt the food as you ate it. You came hungry. You left full. You were there to see Jesus raise people from the dead like Lazarus. Can you imagine what you would have asked Lazarus that day, having seen the Son of God raise Lazarus from the dead? You were in the boat the day that the wind and waves were beating down, and, and yeah, the wind and waves, and you think you're going to lose your life. And Jesus says, peace, be still. And at that moment, you can look over the side of the boat and see your reflection in the calm water. You knew who this was. This was God in the flesh. This was deity. This was, this was God visiting the earth. All of you, you'd heard him say these words, your sins are forgiven. Three and a half years, you've been traveling with Jesus. You've seen his whole ministry. You've seen all the miracles. You've heard all the teaching. And now Jesus tells you, it's better for you that I'm leaving because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. As remarkable as it seems, the Holy Spirit that came to Peter and James and John and the other disciples is the same Holy Spirit that indwells us. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of God. There's lots of different things that the Holy Spirit does for us, 
but he's the revealer of God. He's the revealer of truth. Uh, as you dive into the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. You know, if I were a person, uh, a devious person, and I wanted to damage Lighthouse and all those listening and all those part of Lighthouse Church, I wanted to damage, I wanted to destroy Lighthouse. You know what I'd do? I would not start with, with blatant falsehood. Because there's too many people here that are way too smart. You'd figure that out in a heartbeat, and you'd run me out of town, right? What I would do is I would come, out, uh, come up with a good counterfeit, okay? I would come up with something that's uh, very, very uh, close to the truth, okay? But something just to the side of truth that I could use to deceive you. You know, Peter warns about this in his book. He says this, um, Watch out for false teachers who promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to sin and corruption. Okay? There's a lot of false stuff going out there, a lot of counterfeits to Christianity. And you know, those counterfeits, the counterfeit Christianity, like the religion of Christianity, okay, but absent the power and absent the presence of God, Okay, that's a pitch in the dirt. That'll never get you to God. It won't save you, James would say. Paul says it this way. Well, he's talking to the, to the leaders of the church at Ephesus. He says, hey, you know, be, teach these people, equip these people so that they're no longer like immature children uh, who are tossed and blown about by all the winds of all these different teachings. Teach them the truth. Because there are lies out there that are so clever, they sound like the truth. You know? So um, if I were going to try to damage the church, what I would do is I'd come up with a counterfeit. I'd come up with something that has all the right words and all the right ideas. However, it would be absent the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Nothing has really changed today. You know, the religious community, those are the ones that pushed back against Jesus and pushed back against the apostles. And nothing's changed today. Um, this, this great pushback of, of religion replacing the truth. Back in 2009, uh, what I was asking for is, can I really know God in an authentic way? Can I sense his presence in my daily life in a way that's real and authentic and actually happening? Can I do that? The question was this, if this book is true, Okay, and all of what I read here is true. Is it possible for me to actually walk with God the way I read in this book? That was the question that was running in my head. I had pretty much left this idea of playing church behind, you know, 2009, and that's the stake in the ground that I was going to dive into Scripture and see if I couldn't hear his voice in the pages of this book. So in this series, we're going to do a couple things. First, we're going to talk today about the relationship between the Holy Bible and the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, next week, we'll be exposing uh, who is the Holy Spirit, kind of a little systematic theology exposing uh, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, that litmus test that lets us know whether our, our faith is true or whether it's not. We'll talk about uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that every genuine Christian has been given gifts by the Holy Spirit to serve God? Did you know that? Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about living by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know it's possible to walk away from sin and to live 
a life that's being transformed day by day by the Holy Spirit. That's very possible for each Christian. We're going to talk about evangelism in the Holy Spirit, that natural outflow, that thing that happens as as God is transforming our lives and we want to share with other people who are far away from God, living in spiritual darkness, how they too can walk with God. We'll talk about boldness in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, how would you like to have the boldness to do all that God has called you to do, to be able to walk that way? And finally, the last uh, sermon in the series will be on hearing the voice of God of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not really as complex as I thought. As we dive into the Holy Scriptures, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, can be heard. Uh, Today's uh, discussion is about the Holy Bible and Holy Spirit. I want to begin by looking at uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 20 says this, Above all, Peter is speaking, one of the apostles, a friend of Jesus. No prophecy of the scripture ever came by the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit as they spoke from God. Just before this verse, up in verse 16, Peter tells the people listening, he says, I didn't make clever stories up when I told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What he's saying is, I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. Every word of the scripture came from the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a Gallup poll I read recently that says only three out of 10 people believe that the Bible is the word of God. It's a pretty small percentage. And you know what I would say to the other seven? Dive in and read the scriptures for yourself and see what they say, because it might change your mind. Peter, one of the 12 disciples, a best friend of Jesus, saw the death of Jesus and interacted with him after he rose. He was the one who preached the first sermon after the Holy Spirit had been given at Pentecost, and he saw 3,000 people come to faith that day. He had heard Jesus say that this Holy Spirit was coming, and then he was there when the Holy Spirit came. He saw the power of the Holy Spirit as all these people came to faith. And Peter is saying when he writes this, I am not writing this third hand. I'm writing this as a person who saw it all. I was there. And you know, Peter went to his death proclaiming that Jesus was Lord. Yeah, it's one of the strongest apologetics in Scripture. This is the Word of God, Peter says. God himself has revealed himself to us in the pages of Scripture. Another verse is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 16 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The word there is a Greek word, it's theonumatos. Theo has to do with God. Pneumatos has to do with Holy Spirit. Okay? The scriptures are the breathing out, the breath, the very breath of God, the very spirit of God being poured out. So when the spirit, when, when God gave us the, the scriptures, it's, it's actually his exhale. It's the breath of God. It's the, it's God is, is speaking truth to us, and he gave it to us in the form of the scriptures that are written. It's interesting to know that 
This little verse, verse 16, is in the context of a passage. I, led, I read this past week on the internet. This passage shows up all the time about the last, time, the last days. The last days are actually all the days between the ascension of Jesus and the time he's coming back. We've been living in the last days for a very long time. But listen to this verse. Understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. We know that. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You've probably seen that in your Facebook feed. Okay? But the next verse says this, having the appearance of godliness, but yet denying its power. And then Paul tells Timothy, avoid people like that. There is an enormous pressure today uh, around the idea of ideas, the, the, the idea of what's true and what's not true. Okay? There's a world out there of evil people who have a form of godliness that deny the power of it, Okay, evil people doing all these evil things that are speaking as if they're godly. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's false. It's a pitch in the dirt. It's not true. And over and against that, what uh, Paul is saying to Timothy is, hey, dial into the scriptures because this is the breath of God. This is truth. Truth over and opposed all those other stories out there that have some form of godliness with them, I guess, this evil stuff, but they deny the power and they deny the presence of the Holy Spirit. The contrast between counterfeit Christianity, kind of this religion of Christianity, and spirit and power, it actually... Christianity, actually walking with God and step with him, couldn't be further from the truth. Creator God, who spoke the world into existence, okay, also spoke this into existence. He's communicated with us in exquisite clarity everything he wants us to know to live our lives. This is the very word of God, exhaled by God, breathed out by God for us to read. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says this, You have been born again, not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. You know, the day you become a believer in Jesus, the day you start following him, that's the beginning point of a life that lasts forever. Sure, there's a physical death, but there's an eternity with God that's after that. The word of God, it says, is eternal and living. The scriptures say that people are like grass. Their beauty is like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. Everything in this world is temporary. But the word of the Lord, that remains forever. And that is the word that we preach to you. That's the, the, that's the gospel. That's the story that Jesus has taught that uh, is preached. God ransomed us with the blood of of Jesus from a worthless life. He ransomed us so that we could have the capacity to walk with him and walk away from sin. 
And this new life begins the moment we believe and lasts forever. It's not a substitute, it's not a religious idea, but it's that we can hear the voice of God and we can actually walk with him. This new life comes from the eternal living word of God. This book is more than paper and ink. It's the actual breath of God that can transform our lives. It's the breath of God that can save us from sin. Hebrews chapter 4 at verse 12 says these words, The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joints and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and our desires. Nothing in creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. You know, the Bible has the capacity to expose us to ourselves, to give us that discernment to allow us to see ourselves with great clarity. The scriptures uh, give us the ability to see our own hearts in clear view. Back when I was in high school, uh, saving for college, I remember uh, painting at this big industrial building, uh, myself and a friend of mine that I would gotten him hired, Chris and I were painting together. And uh, as we painted and as we worked, uh, we would talk about the Bible. We would talk about what's going on in our spiritual lives, all kinds of stuff. You know, you're working all day in the sun and talking about stuff. And I remember one day talking to, to Chris and saying, you know, sometimes I struggle reading the scriptures. And he was a really kind of a direct forward kind of person, tells you exactly what he thinks. And this is what he said. You don't read the Bible seriously because you really don't want to know what it says. Yeah. And, you know, there was some truth to that. Um, you know, there's a warning here, you know. If you read the Bible, okay, it is not that complex. If you read the Bible, God is going to reveal himself to you. You're going to see it there clearly. He's going to convict you of sin. He's going to cause you to move into confession. He's going to transform your life because the Word of God is living and active. It's got all the power of God behind him. It's the, it's the breath of God. You can't read the scriptures very long without hearing the voice of God and experiencing salvation and spiritual transformation because it's that powerful. But you know it's worth it? You know, when you let go of self-leadership and you lean in to all that God has for you, it's worth it. Consider this verse from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul is speaking to the church there at Corinth, and he says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Man, there's some peace in that verse. Just meditate on that for just a moment. God is good. He's a good shepherd, we learned last week. God can be trusted. It was God who revealed these things to us by his Spirit, for his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. We can know God. We can walk with him in integrity. We can sense his presence and his power in our lives. It's not that complex, 
The Spirit of God uh, shows the goodness of God to those who read his word. Jesus said it this way, maybe the best way, those who seek God, find him. Yeah. The Holy Spirit shows us who God is. The question today I would have is this, do you really want to know God? Do you really want to walk with him and understand what that is? Do you want uh, the Spirit of God active in your life so that your life is being transformed by his power? Well, I would say this, dive into the scriptures because it's there for the taking. In Colossians chapter 3, uh, Paul says these words, Let the message about Christ, the scriptures, let the message about Christ in all its fullness fill your lives. And then it talks about what happens if you do that. In Ephesians, there's a parallel passage I don't have on the screen, but it starts this way, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives in Colossians. And then to the Ephesian believers, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, the outcome of those two things is exactly the same. The outcome's the same. If we immerse ourselves in the message of Christ, the scriptures, or we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the outcome's the same. Dive into the scriptures because... That's how God fills us with his Spirit. Do you want to be be filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Do you want to walk with him? Dive into the Scriptures, because it's only there that you hear the voice of God with exquisite clarity that pushes back against all the other voices. I'd like to ask everybody here at Lighthouse to do something over the next eight weeks. Uh, As you came in this morning, you would have received... Something looks like this. It's a yellow. It's actually not a reading plan, but it's a Bible meditation plan. Um, each day, just a verse or maybe a couple verses. Uh, scriptures about the Holy Spirit, just right out of the Bible. And what I'd ask you to do is there's some directions there, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to teach you and rereading the passage, reading it. Take a few minutes in the morning each week for the next eight weeks to read about, read and read and reread and reread a passage and think about what God is saying there, okay? And then let that thing marinate in your brain all day long, okay? Just let, let God's word marinate in your brain just a verse or two at a time for the next eight weeks. And my guarantee is this, you'll hear the voice of God. Yeah, you'll hear what God has for you by letting the scriptures marinate your brain, okay? It's a money-back guarantee. Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful that you've revealed yourself to us through the pages of the Holy Scripture, that it's it's your word, it's breathed out by you, that it's it's true, that we can know you, we we can push sin out of our lives, and we can walk in peace, walking with you. We're thankful for that uh, wonderful gift. I pray that you would give each person here the boldness to step into your word and step away from self-leadership, making you the Lord of their lives. I pray that you give us that gift here among Lighthouse people. I pray you give us humility, the ability to see ourselves in clear light, bring us to confession. We pray that you transform our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we just want to say thank you for the remarkable gift of Jesus on our behalf. We pray all these things through Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us. 
If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 9.09 or 11.11. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.